0: You're
1: listening to The Voice. Hello, Leuven. This is The Voice on Radio. I'm Nicholas Rojas and I'll be today's host. For today's show, we have something very special and nice prepared for all of our listeners. In the first place, we'll have a playlist of songs from all around the world. But the difference here is that we won't have these songs from different artists, but we'll have songs that have so many artists from different countries in the same song. So this is part of a project called Playing for Change. This will be the dynamic for today's show regarding the music and I'll explain a little bit each of the songs that will be present. Secondly, we'll have two amazing interviews with two really nice girls that I had the chance to meet and to interview from the ISEC organization, an organization that follows volunteering and internships for students and young people. I'll go back to it a little bit later. And the second girl is a volunteer from this organization that was in Uganda. So we'll discuss with them a little bit about all the dynamic over volunteering, about the current situation of COVID-19 in these kind of experiences, And, of course, about different countries, about the experiences of foreigners in different countries and regions. Without further ado, I want to invite all of our listeners one more time to follow us on our social media. You can find us on Facebook as The Voice International Student Publication, on Instagram as TheVoice.K11, or The Voice Student Magazine, on Spotify, Podcast.com, and Mixcloud as The Voice on Radio. As well, don't forget to read or check all of our articles that you can find on thevoiceluden.be or veto.be under the voice tab. Now, let's move forward with our first song. Our first song is called Pata Pata. It was originally composed and written by Miriam Makeba. Pata Pata means touch touch Ixosa language. One of the official languages of South Africa, It is an Afro pop dance song recorded and first released in 1967, and it was also inspired by a dance style also called pata pata, where the dancers would pat their bodies to the rhythm of music. So this first song is Pata Pata by Playing for Change.
2: Nancy, part to part. Here, mama, here, man. Nancy, Nancy, part to part.
3: Here, mama, here, man. Nancy, Nancy, part to part. Here, mama, here, man. Nancy, Nancy, part part. Ukasan! se
1: That was Pata Pata by Playing for Change. Now let's talk, as usual, a little bit about The Voice. As we all know, The Voice is a platform for different students, either local or international, to write with us, to collaborate, to come up with great ideas for articles in English mainly, but you can have as well some articles and productions in different languages. We have so many collaborators from all around the world. We have people from India, people from Venezuela, people from the UK, from the US, from Romania. We have many people collaborating with us. And if you want to join the team, just write us a message through our Facebook page, The Voice International Student Publication. You can either join our writing team for the magazine or the radio show team that will be as well, the team for the podcast. Clearly, you can do collaborations in both sides, and sometimes we have some correlated collaborations between the writing part and the radio show as we are having today with the ISAC organization. We'll be having an article as well, but I'll go back to it a little bit later. So now let's discuss some of the upcoming articles for The Voice. Right now, we don't have any new articles compared to the ones we mentioned last week, so we'll go straight forward to the upcoming articles. The first upcoming article will be Nina Muller, a friend from Stephanie who was joining us for the Latin American radio shows that we had a couple of weeks ago. This new article will be Is agroecology the way to more inclusive, resilient and efficient food systems? So it seems to be very interesting, so I'll invite you all to check our website to see when this Article will be up. I think we can learn a lot about it and more now during the COVID-19 crisis that we know that the world will have a certain shift towards green economy and circular economy. So we have an article as well on that on our website. The second article will be by Gwen and Peter Jespers. There is about how the current internationalization simply pushes graduated youth to foreign countries. This will be based on an interview with Kalyani Unkele, Director of International Affairs at the Jindal Global Law School. And finally, it's not really an article. I don't know if we'll be having an article about this, but it's for you to follow this Webtoon comic by Alexa and Sarah on Webtoon for the short story competition. And you remember that this Webtoon comic is called Shadow Man. So go to Webtoon. Look at this new episode, the second part for Shadow Man, and share it with your friends, with your family. Help us support our team members with this really, really nice idea. Now doing a little grab up on the radio shows we've had the past weeks. Philip did two different shows on psychology and philosophy. So it was a mixture of the psychology and philosophy. So the first one was entering the realm of psychology, improving our state of mind and understanding our personalities. It was really cool a little bit interesting how to analyze yourself and your personality but it's really nice so check it out the next one was looking for an answer discussing the relevance of philosophy during a global pandemic as well from philip and unfortunately that was philip's last show for this semester we don't know if he will be collaborating with us next semester but we'll see for now that is the last show but hopefully we'll have him back for some collaborations or as a guest for one of our radio shows and the show we had last week was Sapere Aude or Not, Some Thoughts on Knowledge and Its Own Invisible Limits, hosted by Lucia still and me, Nicolas Rojas. Here in this show we discuss knowledge from two different perspectives, one was from literature, the other one was from philosophy, to understand what was like the natural tendency of humankind towards knowledge, like that inherent taste for knowledge. As usual again let's move to our news section. The first article for our news section is called KU Leuven provides place to study for students in exceptionally difficult circumstances. We all know that studying in time of corona is not self-evident. In some cases the situation at home or in one's student room creates additional challenges especially with exams coming up. So we know sometimes we are with our little brothers or with our families and it's very hard to focus on studying so many subjects for a very rigid and complicated exam schedule. That is why in the past couple of days, there has been a growing demand for extra study spaces. And as of Monday, 25th of May, Kiel will provide a limited number of study spaces for students who are preparing for their exams in exceptionally difficult circumstances. This measure, of course, is part of the campaign K11 stands 1.5 meters behind you, which is the university logo since last week. The second article for our news section is not a long article, it's something very short, it was like a two-paragraphs article, but it was called Today was officially the first summer day of the year, and that article was released yesterday, so it was on Thursday, 21st of May, the first time that this well the first time this year, the temperatures at Oakla's measuring station rose above 25 degrees, making officially in this ascension day the first summer day of the year. So, welcome to all of our listeners to this summer in quarantine, but okay, we must keep our hopes up and hopefully we'll be having a nice beer in a terrace, of course, respecting the distancing rules, but on August or something, I'm sure we'll be able to grab a beer with some friends, maybe. So, just keep your hopes up and happy summer. Now we are ready to move to our second song. Our second song, of course, I wanted to go back a little bit to my roots as well, so it's a Colombian song from Carlos Vives that is a representative person or musician in the Vallenato, a genre that we already discussed a couple of weeks ago. This is a Colombian song that, while containing a love message, it invites people to acknowledge the natural and cultural richness in the country, to overcome the limits and the differences, and to come together as a great nation. Even though this song was meant to be for Colombia, it's a song that is replicated for every country in the world where richness is present, which is basically all countries in the world, they have their own richness. And this specific song unites over 80 Colombian musicians in the country. So, Playing by Change did a version of this song to encourage everyone just to acknowledge the beauty of their own countries. This second song is called La Tierra del Olvido.
2: Como la luna que alumbra por la noche los caminos Como las hojas al viento, como el sol espanta el frío Como la tierra la lluvia, como el mar espera el río Así espero tu regreso a la tierra del olvido
3: ¿Cómo náfragan mis miedos si navego en tu mirada? ¿Cómo alerta mi sentido con tu voz enamorada? ¿Con tu sonrisa de niña? ¿Cómo me mueves el alma? ¿Cómo me quitas el sueño? ¿Cómo me robas la calma?
0: Como la luna que alumbra por la noche los caminos Como las hojas al viento, como el sol espanta el frío Como la tierra la lluvia, como el mar espera el río Así espero tu regreso a la tierra del olvido
2: sin tu amor Yo me muero Tú tienes la llave de mi corazón Yo te quiero Más que mi vida porque sin tu amor
1: Back. That was La Tierra del Olvido, originally by Carlos Vives and performed by Plane for Change. Now let's discuss a little bit the Plane for Change organization or movement. Plane for Change, or called as well PFC as you will find it sometimes for the CDs, you will find it as CD slash DVD PFC, so it sounds a bit strange, but just know that PFC is Plane for Change. So, Playing for Change is a movement created to inspire and connect the world through music. It was born from the shared belief that music has the power to break down boundaries and overcome distances between people. The primary focus of PFC, again, (laughs) is to record and film musicians performing in the natural environments and combine their talents and cultural power in innovation videos called Songs Around the World. So for each of these songs that we've been playing, you can find them on YouTube. You'll find the link as well to some of the playlists or to the website better, where you can find a wider variety of these videos. We will add this link in the description of our Spotify and podcast.com show. So for each of these songs that you'll be having in this show, you have a nice video where you can see people from all around the world playing either an instrument or singing. It's crazy, it's crazy how people come together to be joined by music giving so beautiful messages needed right now in the world. This movement was born in 2002 with the initiative of hitting the streets in America, well, in the United States, with a mobile recording studio and cameras, which then led to a worldwide coverage recording and filming musicians from a wide variety of backgrounds. Even though musicians come from different countries and cultures, Through music they all speak the same language. From this movement, the Playing for Change Foundation was created as a non-profit organization dedicated to building art schools for children around the world, embracing hope and inspiration for the future of our planet. So this is a beautiful project and I invite all of you to support for change, you can support this organization or this movement by watching their videos on YouTube, following them on Spotify, on their social media, or if you want to go a step further, you can become a member to help in the creation of these art schools for children around the world. So, without further ado, let's move to our third song. Our third song is called Pembalaka. It's a song from Angola to the world, basically. It is sung in Kimbundu language, which is a language from Angola. For the production of the song, musicians from eight different countries participated. The original song is called Memba. I'm sorry for my pronunciation. I don't speak Kimbundu, but this is how the original song is called, and it was first interpreted in 1960. It came from the African song But this version by playing for change was built on new and different sounds, giving it as well a touch of Brazilian samba. So it's a very nice combination of Latin America with Africa. Of course, we know that we share so many things because of the history behind it, that we discussed it as well during the Latin American shows, like the connections between Africa and Latin America. So this song is called Pembalaca, enjoy it.
0: why are you a bema? O bema, bema, laca, oh, laca, laca, zinzem. Why are bonzo? Oh, mushi, o mushi, mushi, gato. Oh, gato, gato, me mene, MENE ki MENE mene que eu suco. Oh, suco, tea, O oh, tea, tea, gamba, jamama, gamba, jamata.
3: Oh, 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 oh. a man, I'm a oh,
0: bit oh, a oh, I'm a oh, bit of a man, I'm a little bit of a man, oh, am a little bit of a man, I'm a
1: This is The Voice on Radio. We were listening to Pembalaka by Plan for Change. We have already shared some thoughts on a cross-cultural project, which is Plan for Change. But as I mentioned earlier in this show, today we will have two special guests in our program that will let us grasp some ideas on volunteering. We will talk about ISEC, its role in living, and some personal experiences in volunteering. So first of all, many of you may be wondering, what is ISAC? ISAC is a youth leadership movement, helping students and young people to go on volunteering and professional internships with the aim of building cross-cultural understanding across nations. We can say there's kind of a youth movement for human rights in consultative status with the United Nations Economic and Social Council. So our first guest for today's show is Luca Brambaut. She is the local committee president at ISEC in Leuven and well I think she can introduce herself way better than I can. So welcome to the show, Luca. How are you?
4: Hi, thank you. Um, I'm good. So my name is Luca and I'm the current local president of ISEC in Leuven. Um, I am a student business economics in Leuven. Um, Yes.
1: Well, it is such a pleasure to have you here. And first I want to ask you. I've seen that you've been in ISEC for over two years now and you keep like going higher and higher and higher within the organization. So you started like in the uh, um, finances department, I believe?
4: Um, I started in the operations department um, and then I moved on to human resources and finances. So I was in both simultaneously and then I became president a couple of months ago for the um, ISEC in Loewe committee. Yes.
1: Yeah, so, so you've been working with Isaac for a while now. And that's why I wanted to ask you, why did you join Isaac in the first place?
4: Um, so I came back from exchange and I wanted to do something extra apart from my studies. Um, and then I started looking for things and um, I, had, I heard this speech about Isaac at the end of my class um, and they were promoting a recruitment info moment to join Isaac. Um, so I went through this info moment quite spontaneously and I really enjoyed like mostly the friendly vibes that I got from this organization. Um, I went through an interview with them and I joined a couple of days later, let's say a week later. Um, so it went quite fast um, and yeah, I kind of rolled into I that way.
1: Okay, that that's really great. And well, George saying that you came back from an exchange. Can you tell us a little bit more about this? Where did you go and how was the exchange experience for you?
4: Um, It was uh, within my studies. Um, I went to Australia, to Melbourne um, for four months um, with my business economic studies. Um, It was uh, a really amazing experience that um, for the first time I would say opened my mind, like I kind of blossomed a bit there. Um, because before my exchange, I didn't really have the courage to join a completely unknown um, organization or go really out of my comfort zone. But then after this exchange, I felt ready for that and I wanted to do that. Um, and yeah, then I found Isaac.
1: Yeah, now, now it makes more sense, all the exchange experience and all that regarding Isaac. But now can you tell our listeners a little bit of what does ISAC stand for and well, When was it founded? Why? What is the whole idea behind this organization?
4: Yes, um, so um, going back in time, it was founded in 1948 after World War II. Um, And this scene of World War II has a lot to do with the foundation, um, because there was just this time of conflict still going on as well. Um, So that's when ISIC was founded, um, first with seven countries, Um, And the goal was to have peace and fulfillment of humankind's potential so that um, people would live up to their potential, that the world would live up to their potential. This sounds very broad and maybe even vague, but if you think back at the time uh, in the 40s and the 50s, that makes more sense. And even today, I think it's very relevant. Um, How do we want to do that? but we want to develop leadership in youth because we think uh, youth of today are the leaders of tomorrow. Um, And we want to give them the opportunity to develop their leadership by providing cross-cultural exchanges. So we want to provide opportunities to step out of your comfort zone. That can be by becoming a member, but mostly what we promote is by going on exchange, a cross-cultural exchange in the format of volunteering and internships. In Løde, we focus on volunteering, so that's why you hear the most about that. Um, and yes, the goal is just for people to give the opportunity for youth to expand your horizon, to immerse yourself in a new culture, really have the chance to get out of your comfort zone, also to develop yourself um, and um, to get to know yourself better while having a social impact. Um Then, like, to make it more clear, you can see ISAC really as a platform because you have ISAC worldwide. So there's ISAC in Löwe, also in other cities in Belgium. Um, But there's also ISAC abroad, like ISAC in Vietnam, ISAC everywhere. Um, And this connects the whole world together, basically. So this is how we can send people, youth from Leuven, to other countries via the ISAC in these other countries.
1: You were referring to a worldwide connection here, and of course, everything regarding volunteering, you have some experiences like in different countries, like let's say Peru, Costa Rica, or Indonesia. So I don't know if you can tell us a little bit about current volunteering projects supported by ISAC in these countries or other countries.
4: Yes, yes. Um, Indeed, um, the countries that you were mentioning, Peru, Costa Rica, and also Indonesia, these are national partners. So it's countries that we work more closely with, which mostly means that we have more details about the projects and also faster processes. Like we um, can help people faster because we're already in touch with these people. Um, For example, decreasing inequality in Peru um, is mostly focused on reducing gender inequality. Um, and the volunteers would work with women and organize workshops for them to give um, educational spaces to inform and explain about gender violence Um, and to support in how they can approach delicate situations in gender violence. Um, So it's mostly working with these, um, in this case women, Yeah, to support them um, with specific problems in their country. Um, In Costa Rica, it's more focused on human rights, to educate people on human rights. Also, again, via workshops, interactive spaces. Um, And then, for example, helping the economy in Indonesia. Um, This one, in this project, you um, reach out to very small local businesses um, because that's very typical for Indonesia. Uh, these very small businesses and you um, as a volunteer try to support them. Um, so you have a more external perspective. Some volunteers also have a background, for example, in business economics or, or communication sciences. However, that's not necessary. Um, and they try to improve or help or support these businesses. Um, yes. So that's a bit about these projects that you mentioned. Um, There is more, um, but yeah, these are a couple of the big ones that we work with.
1: It's really interesting because I come from Colombia, so it's uh, more or less closer country to Peru. And you can see more or less like the impact that sometimes international organizations and more youth can have. So we have some regions as well where we have, for instance, gender inequality, and we see that these kind of organizations come and try to help in the situation. So it's really nice. And this leads me to the next question. So you were referring to some keywords for each of these experiences like gender violence well inequality human rights and this makes me recall the sustainable development goals by the un so i would like to know how are the isaac volunteer experiences related to these sdg goals
4: um yes so isaac as an organization everywhere in the world uh we um are related with the Sustainable Development Goals by the UN, because we um, dedicate each one of the volunteering projects to one of the goals. Um, so each project is linked with one goal. Um, and this way you can have an impact in specifically this goal. Um, of course, some goals overlap a bit, um, but it's also helpful for the volunteers because some are very passionate Passionate about certain goals, and this way we can help them to find a project that really suits them, um, and yeah, find where they exactly want to have an impact. Um, so that's one thing to have all the volunteering projects connected with the goals, and then also just in general, we try to spread awareness around these goals.
1: Okay, and. How does it feel to be involved in this process? Because of course it's something where you can collaborate with the world, like creating a better future for the people coming for the young people. How does it feel? What impact does this have in your life?
4: Um, I mean, I really like it to have like something tangible that I can do to have an impact. Um, just by um, raising awareness in the first place, by giving people the opportunity to join ISAC or go abroad with ISAC. Um, it's something that I really enjoy doing, and it gives because I think often people postpone like okay I'll do it later or I'll I'll help later, whereas this really offered me the chance to already do something right now, um, and I can see the impact. Um, of course, of course. Mo- mostly for the members because I'm seeing them more, but also every time I hear stories of people that went abroad via ISAC, it really, how do you say, warms my heart to hear stories like that.
1: Yeah, I, I can imagine. The feeling should be really amazing, like to feel that you are doing something right now to help with the world because indeed many people would have the idea, okay, later when I have finished my studies, I'll try to collaborate, but maybe it will be too late because you'll be working, you'll be having other responsibilities. So I think it's a good start and not only for those working in ISAC, but as well for the people choosing to do this kind of volunteering experiences. I think it's something that if you wait for it, you'll eventually never do it. If you just keep waiting and waiting, you just have to go and risk it. And now I want to go a little bit more local. So ISAC in Leuven, So, what is the role of ISAC, for instance, with KU Leuven or with students in Belgium, like more here in the country?
4: Yeah. Um, So, more locally, there is, of course, the opportunity to join ISAC um, in Leuven. Um, It's for all youth in Leuven, actually. Um, But, of course, we mostly have students from KU Leuven or also UCLL. Um, Yeah, so people join ISAC uh, for. A lot of reasons. Um, quite some people because they want to do something extra, um, and only we try to explain what Isaac stands for. However, you only really grasp it once you have an experience within Isaac. I think so. Being a member or going abroad, um, what you do as a member really depends on which department you are in. We have a lot of different departments. Um, yes, so. Like, if you would like to know more specifically, um, there is marketing, which is quite straightforward. Then there is also the uh, team that actually sends the people abroad and helps them prepare for that. Then there is also a team that works more with companies um, for receiving receiving people from abroad in Belgium, um, because it's two ways. We send people abroad and we receive people. Um, And then there's also talent management, which is human resources, taking care of the members, and finance and legal as well.
1: Okay, you were referring as well, of course, to the process of sending people abroad, welcoming people here. Regarding to Belgium, do you see Belgium like sending people from other countries? So, for instance, international students in Leuven going abroad for volunteer experiences, or is it mainly Belgians?
4: Um, It's both, actually. Um, We noticed that um, a lot of international people, but also Belgians with an international background are attracted to EISEC because we have this international aspect. So both in EISEC in Löwe, we have a lot of internationals, a lot of people just really enjoy the international aspect. So like, it's all about the international aspect. Also the volunteers, a lot of like, some of them are international, some of them, um, have a mixed background. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of internationality going on in ISEC, definitely.
1: And going a bit more technical, I don't know if, if you could give me like a little overview of this. Let's say that someone goes volunteering to a country where ISEC is not explicitly present. Is, how is the follow-up for these people? How, do people? how can people feel confident that they will not be alone there when going for a volunteering experience? Yeah.
4: Um, of course, we only send people to um, countries where there is ISIC. Um, we cannot send people to countries where there is no ISIC. However, we are present in a hundred twenty over a hundred twenty countries and territories, so almost everywhere. How the process goes is that um, if someone is interested in going volunteering, we try to uh, find a project that they would enjoy. Like some people have a certain country in mind, some people. Uh, work more with like a certain goal they really want to work on and not necessarily a country. Um, So we try to find a good project and then we help them prepare. Um, So we guide them through the whole process. Also, for example, if there's certain things they need to know about the culture, we try to give them all this information. Um, We have like a checklist for that. Um, Then also while they are abroad, we stay in touch. Um, While they are abroad, the host entity, so where they go to, um, takes over a part of our job um, because the ISAC entity over there then um, normally welcomes them to the country, also explains certain culture aspects, helps them with the project itself as well because the project is uh, with an NGO. Um, So ISAC works together with NGOs. Um, and we, Isaac in Loewe, stay in contact the whole time. Um, and then also when um, the volunteer comes back, we try to close the experience, have a briefing about how it went, what was good, what could be better. Um, yes, yeah, so that's a bit how the process looks like.
1: Wow. <laughs> it's really elaborated, but, uh, but okay, it's very nice to hear that it's all structured, so you, you feel confident that you are safe when having these experiences. And well, more going, more like to a situation that is really tough right now. There is the Corona crisis. How has the Corona crisis affected the organization itself? Because we know with the Erasmus, many people have had to go back to their countries. And as well, it's not certain if people can go to other countries next semester. So how is this affecting the organization?
4: Um, yeah, it definitely has a huge impact on us as an organization. Um, because most projects for this summer have been cancelled um, either by ISIC or by the NGO. Um, so this summer there is almost no people going abroad, um, unless the volunteer themselves want to wait until the last moment to see if it's possible. But yeah, a lot of them have been cancelled. Um, we're still trying to support all the volunteers the best way possible by postponing the project or even changing the destination. Um, for more internally, uh, yeah, we're having all meetings online. Um, of course it's definitely not the same. Um, it's a bit harder to have the, the team vibes right now. Um, but yeah, we're trying to engage everyone online. We have small competitions or we're playing games or chill meetings. Um, but yeah, the core of what we do sending people abroad is, heavily affected. You can definitely say that.
1: Yeah, I can imagine. But OK, it's nice to hear as well that within the organization you're trying to keep up with the situation because it's very hard for us as well. As you can see, we've been recording shows via Skype or via Zoom and it's always hard to do it. It's lose the experience a little bit, but at the end, you manage to find ways to make it it's still funny. So I would like to conclude with just one question. That is, if you had to go on a volunteering experience, which one would that be?
4: Ha, oh, that's a really good question because I have a hard time choosing. Um, I'm thinking like which goal I would like to contribute to, which country I would like to go to, um, and I haven't figured out at all. Um, for me personally, I'm very passionate about the gender inequality goal. Um, so I'm definitely interested, for example, Costa Rica would be really interesting. Um, But yeah, to be honest, I don't know yet. Um, I am planning to go next summer um, after my term as a president is finished. Um, But yeah, I still need to choose and it's a a difficult choice.
1: Then good luck for this experience and hopefully everything will go back to normal after this COVID-19 crisis. And it was such a pleasure to have you here for this interview. Maybe next year or something, we can have another interview about your experience abroad.
4: That would be amazing, thank you.
1: Thank you very much for being here. And well, now it's time to move forward to our next song. So again, you'll remember that we are going through this mood of playing for change, and this goes along with the volunteering project, clearly. So our next song is called Sachita. This one is an Indian word for greatness and treasure. This song is an original song from playing for change, that takes listeners on a musical journey from Brazil to India. It is sang in Portuguese, and once again, you have many musicians across the world collaborating, people in Cuba, Argentina, Capo Verde, and clearly India. One part of the song says like this for those that do not speak Portuguese, and is I pray to God, send us from heaven much wisdom and true love, that no one goes hungry, a hug from his arms to live in peace sending wars and poverty so this is Sachita by plain for change
3: faz a deus que os homens encontrem os seus passos perdidos e que os sonhos despertem esses olhos dormidos que o amor transborde e vivamos em paz Que as terminem com os braços cansados E que a sorte só queira estar ao teu lado Que a dor não me assombre, nem me cause desvendo Peça a Deus Satidão.
0: do céu, muita sabedoria, um amor verdadeiro, que ninguém passe fome, um abraço de irmão, que vivamos em paz, que terminem as guerras e também a pobreza, encontrar alegrias entre tanta tristeza, As almas perdidas E é um
3: futuro melhor sati dha
1: back that was Sachita by plane for change We had a very nice interview with Luca on ISEC, and now let's try to go more into the field. Our next guest is Margot Gill, an exchange participant to Uganda via ISEC in Leuven. So welcome Margot, how are you?
5: Hi, I'm fine, thank you.
1: So first, I want you to tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you like? What do you like to do?
5: I am studying architecture um, in Ghent, and what I like, I, I don't know. That's a hard question, though. I like everything. I think. I just, um, do you mean my hobbies? I like running. I like going out with my friends.
1: Okay, and why? Have you decided to go on a volunteering project? What was that that push to tell you to tell you like okay let's go?
5: Um. Well, actually, I this year I am taking a sabbatical, um, and yeah, obviously I just wanted to do something in a foreign country, and I was telling my my friends about it, and one friend of mine she told me like oh you have to check Isaac Lever, Um because they do all. These kinds of, you know, trips and volunteer work and internships. So I checked Isaac Löwe and yeah, I, I immediately was sold for the global volunteer.
1: You went to Uganda, right? Yes. Can you tell me a little bit about this experience? Like, how was it to come like to a different country, see different people, maybe as well with different languages? So was it a shock for you?
5: Yeah, yes, of course it was, yes. Um, it was very overwhelming at first. Um, yeah, obviously, it's the whole experience itself is a culture shock, I think. Um, also, I, the traffic is, it's like way worse than in Belgium. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was a very... Um, weird adjustments um, the I I don't know they, they they spoke very they spoke actually they spoke English very well so I didn't have any problems communicating with them um, I, yeah I the, I think the biggest adjustment in the daily life was time because time is not of the essence there at all like people would just come in late like for example if you had an appointment at eight they would just show up at 10 and but then no one cares so that was weird for me and my roommates she was also from belgium as well um so that uh, yeah i think that was the biggest adjustment i created a lot of patience there (laughs)
1: I, I can imagine. I can relate to that. That's something that happens quite a lot because for us, for Latin Americans, it is the same. So usually we say like, let's meet at 7 and then we mean that we will meet at 8. It's taken for granted.
5: Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, actually, but the, at first, like, no one cares. And then we were like, is this not a thing here? Is like, we had a feeling almost like you're wasting my time. I mean, okay, we were there for to help them and to, you know, just enjoy the time. But yeah, it, it was a very big adjustment that we had to make. So every time they would say, okay, um, we'll see you at nine. I would just wake up at nine because I mean, <laughs> no one cares. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but, but that's good. You, you came up with more patience after the experience and, and more like in Belgium that you have like such an international atmosphere. It helps as well to see that some cultures behave differently in these kind of simple things that you would not think it's that much when you're going somewhere else. You wouldn't think that this would be a problem, but at the end is the simplest things the ones that become the hardest to cope with.
5: Yeah, it is. And now
1: let's talk a little bit about your volunteering project itself. What did you had to do? What did you do on a daily basis there?
5: Um well obviously things were very chaotic so um it wasn't like I I didn't have a very structured schedule um but so basically I applied for a um a project where I had to teach children um and I did but that wasn't the only thing I did so It was not every day that I was teaching um, children. Um, I also had the opportunity to go visit the slums. Um, That was very, very interesting. Um, So I had the chance to meet the women from the communities and to visit their houses and to listen to their stories. Um, So we were able to, I mean, I was able to understand them better. and also to maybe look for a solution for them. Um, for example, uh, some of the women, some of the mothers, they um, couldn't pay for the school fees for every kid that they have. So um, we would look like we would look for solutions um, for the payments, for example. Um, and then also we, uh, we were asked to go fundraising, (laughs) um, like in person. So we were, we actually, we were supposed to fundraise at, for example, the, the mall or at a church, but, um, due to lack of organization, we only got to do it one day, unfortunately, because the organization, I mean, the school really needs the money, but, um, yeah, so uh, I mean, we only we were supposed to fundraise for two weeks, and we we only got to fundraise one day. So it was pretty hectic. Yeah, every day was I don't know. You you know the like you know the the life sentence like uh, live day by day, but they just do it. They re- they literally do it day by day. Actually, so that was um, no. very new for me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: More like those small cultural differences on the way people live every day. So for instance, I don't know how the situation is there, but you would compare, let's say, with Latin American people that a person would wake up in the morning and then it has to make an effort during the day to work and gain the money, because sometimes you are not reassured that you'll be having the same resources like the next day or the next week. So you leave for the day, basically. Well, here more in Europe, my vision has been that you live like for for longer periods of time so i I don't know how it is in in uganda so either people have to struggle every day like to be able to live good or it's more that they are reassured by the state or something
5: yeah they they of they sure have to live day by day and they are not sure of every day so um when i would talk to locals they i mean Literally every local that I have met there would say that life is a struggle. So yeah, it is definitely present there, the struggle in life.
1: Okay, and what is the vision that locals have of internationals there in Uganda? When
5: I, when I, when I yeah, I mean when I would say that I am from Belgium, the first thing they said to me was like, oh, you are from a first world country, and then it's kind of awkward. I mean, no, it's not awkward, but you just laugh at it. But I mean, it is true. Um, also, I like, I think when you see me, I don't see myself as a white person per se, but for them, it's just all the same. <laughs> so it's, I'm not black, so I must be white. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah, and uh, yeah, that's the thing as well. Um, So they called me Muzungu. The literally translation of it is white person. Okay. And um, they they would just every day, I think for at least five times a day, they would call me like just on the street. Hey, Muzungu, Muzungu. So that's, but it it was not in an offensive way. It was just like, oh my God, uh, you're a difference. So it was... It was not like mean or something, but yeah, it's definitely, I don't know. They just react so much, so different um, than here to like, yeah, I don't know. I have to be careful with what I say, but I mean, if if we, for instance, if we see like a black person here, we, I mean, we don't care. You know what I mean? But they would really like yeah they would scream to you at you like hey Muzungu i see you where are you from and it's very especially the first days i was like it became a habit actually whenever i i would go on the street and i would hear Muzungu i would just look i yeah so it's very funny
1: but but it's part of the experience so it's it's like a nice anecdote that you'll have there in your life Yeah, but but it's very funny and that happens with countries that are not that open to the world because it's the same for us. Let's say in Latin America, well, we're not white either, but we are not that black either. So we are kind of yellowish and we can identify shorter there. And then if you have like a white person, it's always like the gringo. I don't know if you are, if you know the word... For us, everything there is not Latin American it's a Gringo. So, so is this the same way? it's like a generalization of the foreigner.
5: Oh yeah, yeah, it was like that, yeah, and it yeah, it was so weird actually, <laughs> because they would just speak in Uganda, and but then you hear the word Muzungu, and you immediately are like, you're talking about me. I know the word Muzungu.
1: <laughs> and talking, for instance, about the food, how was the experience? How was the? How did you see the differences between the food in Belgium and there? Yes. Just out of curiosity.
5: I am a vegetarian, so I would consider in such a country like that, I would consider myself as a difficult eater. (laughs) Um, So from personal experience, I did not like the foods. So a lot of things were made out of bananas and I don't like bananas. (laughs) So uh, So that was a difficult thing as well. Um, yeah, obviously I don't eat meat. The fish there was, I mean, I maybe would say, okay, I, I'm going to eat fish, but the, yeah, it was, it was, it wasn't that good. But however, my roommates, uh, there was one from Colombia as well, one from Zimbabwe and then another one from Belgium. They liked the foods. They really liked the foods. So every yeah yeah so they they ate everything
1: yeah but it depends on the culture indeed because maybe for instance the colombian would relate because we have many many dishes that are actually made out of bananas well so so then we would like it because of that but but indeed it it depends
5: the colombian guy he ate everything like <laughs> everything and then yeah i actually asked them like do you really like the food this much Um, And then he was like, oh, yeah, in Colombia, they have the same food more or less with like beans and rice and then uh, mashed bananas. So, yeah, yeah.
1: it's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, but but indeed, it depends from the perspective. If you're a vegetarian, of course, it's very hard to cope with some places.
5: Yeah, but I I actually expected that.
1: So you were mentally prepared for it.
5: (laughs) I was. Yeah,
1: but that's good. And if I ask you, what did you learn? What is like that highlight that made your life different after this experience?
5: Yeah, I, I actually was thinking about that question and I, I find this a very difficult question. Um, well, obviously, it had an impact on me. Um, it would be weird if it didn't. Um, but I don't know, did I yeah did i uh, it's such a it's a difficult question um i i don't think uh, i don't know did i change as a person i don't know maybe i i i would think so um (laughs) but um maybe like how i look at things or how i would react to things now um they are, maybe they are different but to be super honest I haven't figured that out yet because I obviously had had to come back in these weird circumstances um, and that was for me that was very overwhelming as well so um, maybe the, the this time was maybe this time is like a, a very it's like the perfect time to do some self-reflection. So um, I am still doing some like meditation and self-reflection. So actually, I don't have a specific answer to that. I'm, s- I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> don't worry. No, I, I can imagine, of course, that you are still in that self-reflection. And after all of this situation, it was very stressful. I can imagine like to go back.
5: The Belgian embassy told us you have to come back. Because I was like, normally I, um, I was coming back May thirteen, and actually I was like, oh, when I when I have to come back, the crisis is gonna be over. It's everything's gonna be normal. But then the Belgian embassy was like, no, I think it would be a wise decision if you, if you come back to Belgium. So I think that was on a Wednesday, and then Thursday we were on a flight back to Belgium. So I wow. didn't get to say goodbye to the children and to... Yeah, the, this this aspect I find very difficult. So um, I, I, I only got to um, write a, a goodbye letter. Um, I actually uh, pretty much I, I struggled a little bit with that because um, that's not how I had it in mind. I really wanted to say goodbye to everyone. Um, to have like a nice last evening, but that didn't happen. So, um, yeah, so when I got back, I was so overwhelming and I was like, on, I, I need some time to think. So I, and then once I came back, nothing was the same. I, I didn't get to see my, my family um, because my boyfriend picked me up from the airport. So I now I'm staying with him. Um, So I didn't get to see my family, I didn't get to see my friends, um, so it was all very weird actually. But but, okay,
1: then it will take some time like to do self-reflection and hopefully you'll be able maybe to be in contact again with some of the people you left there like to close those little stories that maybe you didn't have the chance to do so.
5: Yeah, yeah,
1: true. Okay, thank you very much and I'll ask you one last thing is what would be that highlighted experience, like that specific moment that you will always remember from this whole intern experience?
5: Yeah, I have one. Um, yeah, so I, I actually, I did. it seems very small what I'm about to say now, but I keep talking about it with my friends. So I think this had like the biggest impact on me um, in these two months. So uh, one day there was a girl in my class and she was crying. Um, And of course, I mean, when we see a kid crying here, we're like, oh, did you hurt yourself? Or, you know, but um, she was hungry. So she was crying because of hunger. And first of all, that aspect for me was very uh, confronting. So um, I gave her a cookie. um, And the minute she had the cookie in her hands, she started to... Um Yeah, she broke the cookie into like 10 pieces and she gave them to her classmates without them even asking. And that, that for me, I think, I think, I mean, I cried a lot there, but not because of like, you know, um because I was sad, but just I cried a lot because it was very confronting and it was very beautiful for me to see how she was sharing her cookie. So, um, yeah, I think I started crying all over again. (laughs) Um, but, um, I think that was the most, uh, that was like the most noble thing I have ever seen a seven-year-old kid doing. Like, I mean, if it were me, I just would have eaten the cookie in once you know what i mean (laughs) and that i think that moment for me that was i don't know i just keep thinking about it every day that scene starts repeating like in my mind and it was such a beautiful moment i don't know yeah that was and it, it seems small, I know, but that was, for me, the highlight of my experience.
1: No, but but it's not as small at all. I mean, it's something really beautiful. It's it's something that really marks you.
5: Yeah, it's like I, I've never seen a kid do that here. Like I mean, yeah I don't know. And I you start thinking about all these things, even though it's such a small thing that the kids did, that this girl did, but it's I don't know, it was very, very overwhelming. It was very intense for me <laughs> to see, yeah. It's,
1: it's a nice memory that is worth keeping and yeah. that that will make us reflect. And of course that will make all of our listeners self-reflect on some of the issues in the world.
5: She, I mean, I was very shocked by the, by this. I don't know, I, I thought it was very beautiful. And then I started thinking how selfish I am. <laughs> but, yeah.
1: Yeah, but, it, but it's more like the humbleness of the uh, small kids sometimes, and even with the kids that have not grown like with everything sometimes. So that, that would be the difference, for instance, with some kids in other countries that maybe they would not feel pushed to do that naturally because they've never felt hunger. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's, it's really nice to see how people can be so different and from the humbleness of the small kids. That is really impressive and it's the most shocking part. I would say
5: we actually my my roommate was like why why did they why did she do this and then we were like thinking of all sorts of reason reasons why she did this and then I think it was just a noble thing yeah it was so beautiful to see
1: yes indeed well thank you very much Margot those were really amazing and nice stories I hope that all of our listeners like them a lot as well. And it was su- such a pleasure to have you here and as well, Luca, to have both of you here in the show, I think we learned a lot about volunteering, about the association and well, maybe we'll have you again for another show later next year.
5: Okay. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much. And now we are ready to move on to our fifth song. Our fifth song is Mama," It's a song from India about the moon. There are many versions in different languages, but this version from plane for change is in Telugu language, a language that is mainly spoken in southern India. It goes something like this. Moon, please come, hold me and kiss me and go. Though I always sulked and made petty demands, you always returned your tender loving care and pampered me. Actually, this year is the 10th anniversary since the first release of the song by plane for change in their first album Songs Around the World. And in the video that was mainly recorded in Barcelona, you can see that many singers are doing collaborations here from France, Israel, India, South Africa, Portugal, Argentina, Zimbabwe, Italy, and so many other countries that I would spend the whole show mentioning them. So this next song is Shandamama by Wayne Fortune. Unfortunately, we've come to the end of this program. But we had a lot of fun. We had a very amazing and enjoyable discussion with both Luca and Margot over volunteering, over ISEC. And I'm sure that many people will feel identified now or will feel motivated to join a volunteering experience. So if you want to go ahead and do it, just try to. Play around with the ISEC website and there you'll find more details on how to become a volunteer or to join an internship if that's what is in your interest. Personally, I feel really motivated to go on a volunteering experience right now. I think it's something beautiful. And from the little experiences and stories that Margot told us, there is a certain beauty here. There's a certain beauty in humankind. And I think and I believe, strongly believe that these kind of experiences will help all of us realize that we are not the only human beings in the world, that there are different people with different backgrounds and different cultures and different situations from a political perspective, an economical perspective. So it's really really impressive how these experiences can change your view of the world. There is something called the one single story when you are like assessing different cultures or different communities and these experiences help you get rid of this one single story. So if you go to Africa, you learn more about so small details that you would have never thought of. For instance, I never questioned myself over the traffic in Africa. But now that we had this interview with Margot, we could see that this is a big deal there as well. And it's something you don't realize at first, but are the small details that make a difference. And that's what these experiences volunteering help us achieve, to know all of the small differences between cultures, between regions, and to become better humans and to prepare this world for the future generations. So having said this, it was such a pleasure to have Luca and Margot here on the show, and as well to have enjoyed with all of you these beautiful songs from this group or association playing for change. So don't forget, one more time, to follow us on our social media. You can find us on Facebook, The Voice International Student Publication, on Instagram as The Leuven or The Voice Student Magazine, on Spotify, Podcast.com and Mixcloud as The Voice on Radio. And to check our articles, don't forget to visit our website, TheVoiceLuven.be or Vito.be. So one last thing before moving forward to our last song, you can find the link to this playlist and as well the link to playing for change on an article that will be coming as well next week on ISEC. so there you'll find more information about the organization about the volunteering experiences and as well what you can do if you feel like joining these kind of experiences so we'll have an article there you'll find some of the links you'll find our links for our social media for our spotify where you can find our podcast this specific podcast and as well for the playlist for playing for change. So having said this, thank you very much for being with us. It is always a pleasure to host a program for all of you. And we are reaching the end of the semester, so we'll have one more show next week, then we'll take a break and we'll be back with so new and many ideas after the first month of summer holidays. So we believe we'll be back during August, but I'll confirm it next week with our last radio show for the semester. The last song is Bring It On Home To Me. It was originally written by Sam Cooke, an American soul singer in 1962. The version we will listen to features as the lead singer Roger Ridley, a street musician who was often called the voice of God by other street musicians in Santa Monica, California. He would travel every Saturday from his home in Las Vegas to his same spot in Santa Monica to give his best performance every time. It was actually Roger Ridley, the one who sent off the plane for change movement to connect the world through music. Unfortunately, he left this world in 2005, but wherever he is, for sure he will be proud of what has been achieved by playing for change. And I want to close this radio show with one interaction that Roger Ridley had with someone from Playing for Change. Roger Ritley was once asked why with that voice was he playing music on the street? To what he replied, man, I'm in the joy of business. I come out to be with the people. So this last song is bring it on home to me by Playing for Change. Thank you very much and see you next week.
2: Oh yeah. Oh yeah Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, if you ever change your mind about leaving, leaving me behind. Oh, oh, bring it to me, bring your sweet love.